Good morning and welcome to the historic Lindsley Avenue Church of Christ message today. We're so grateful that you're taking time today to spend in meditation of God's Word. God's Word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, it states in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. And today, I want to talk to you about a very important subject, and I hope it's very relevant to your life, and I think it will be, because we all find ourselves right now waiting, waiting for uh, normalcy to somewhat return to our lives. Many people right now are waiting to work or waiting for uh, schools to reopen, waiting for um, different things to happen, and, and waiting is a part of life, and we're not always good at it. In fact, the Bible talks about waiting quite a bit. One of my favorite verses is Isaiah chapter 40, 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So when I start thinking about waiting, my first question to myself and to you today is, are we any good at it? Am I good at waiting? And I can tell you that the reason that I'm talking about this today is not because I have some mastery of this skill. It's, it's because, in fact, in part, because I don't that I'm talking to you today. And time is, is a strange thing. And, and I remember waiting when I got married on my wife to appear. And it seemed like a very long time for my bride when she walked in. And finally she did, and it changed everything. But it, in that time when I was waiting, listening to the music, looking out into the audience at my wedding, waiting for her to arrive, it seemed like forever. And ever since then, time has sped up. But waiting is a fundamental part to life, isn't it? We find ourselves saying phrases and words like, hey, I'm, in, I'm playing the waiting game right now. Or hurry up and wait. Or I'm in a holding pattern. We find ourselves waiting. We find ourselves in waiting rooms, browsing the magazines. Or we find ourselves in a line waiting to check out. We wait on our spouse. We wait on our children. We wait on that all-important phone call or that text. We wait on work to resume. We wait for normalcy. We wait for a check. Or a farmer waits for the harvest. Students wait to graduate. And expectant mothers are waiting for that child to arrive. And so, you may be in a season of your life, not only are we waiting for America to resume some sense of normalcy, but you also might be in a season of your life to where you're waiting for healing, or you're waiting for a promotion, 
or you're waiting for forgiveness and reconciliation, waiting for love. You know, we better be good at waiting or get good at waiting because people have done the math on it and statistically speaking, we average out waiting one hour a day. And if you were to add up all that waiting just that we do in our normal course of life, we spend three years of our life waiting. And it seems to argue with our own sensibility of things, doesn't it? In fact, Abe Lincoln said famously, things may come to those who wait, but only the things left by those who hustle. And so sometimes we're, we're waiting and we feel like we're missing out on things. And certainly there is a premium on today. There is a sense of urgency that we should have about life. In fact, the scriptures tell us that, Behold, today is the day of salvation, 2 Corinthians 6, 2. That if there's something that we need to do today and we can do it, we should do it. Joshua said to the people of God, Choose whom you will serve this day. Jesus said in John chapter 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is today. The night is coming when no one can work. And so we should have a sense of urgency about things, especially things that are of a priority, of value. But sometimes we find ourselves waiting. And then we will hear that phrase, well, it's going to happen in God's time. And yes, God is sovereign over time, but that's not always comforting. Sometimes because when I look at 2 Peter 3.8, it says God's time is a little different than my time. It says in the scriptures that a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. And so sometimes that can be frustrating that can wear on us. Someone once said, you can save a lot of time by waiting on God. It is a spiritual discipline to wait. To wait on God. The scriptures are replete with this admonition. Ecclesiastes 3.1 reminds us to everything there is a season a time for every purpose under heaven. There is a time to wait. And we are to wait on the Lord. And He will renew our strength. And we will mount up on eagles' wings. We will run and not be weary. We shall walk and not be faint. Psalm says it like this, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And we find even in the scriptures that the disciples had to wait at certain points in their lives and in their ministry. Jesus, after his resurrection and close to his ascension in Acts chapter 1, says that he told them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. 
And if you can imagine how uncomfortable this waiting would be, here they were in Jerusalem, the capital city, the same city where Christ was crucified just weeks before. And Jesus says, wait for the promise. So we find ourselves many times waiting, waiting on God, waiting on our circumstance. What does it tell us about ourselves? Well, number one, waiting is an issue of control. That's right. Waiting is an issue of control. Psalms 31:15, the psalmist said, "My times are in your hand." And I have to face within myself many times that it's out of my hands, that it's out of my control, and we all like control. Just ask my wife, and she'll tell you that I like to drive the car, that I like to be in control, and we all like to drive the car in our lives, don't we? And God has given us freedom. God has given us freedom of will. He's given us a degree of freedom, a choice but what we find out in this life that this choice is not comprehensive. And that's where we find the waiting. That's where we find the in-between. That's where we find the spiritual discipline that we need to nurture. You know, I find out that I do not control the weather. But I do control my mood my inner weather. I don't control the economy. I don't, and I don't know anyone who does. But I do have a choice on what I will cook tonight. I don't control the politics that are at play in this country. But I do control whether I will be a person of virtue. I don't control what someone thinks about me, but I do control whether I will love my neighbor as myself. It's when we find that we are out of control, that we are limited, we are weak, that there are constraints on our choices that we find out that we are finite. And it's in these moments that we strive to take back the control to eclipse these circumstances in God's will. Now, don't get me wrong. Whatever God has given us within our sphere of influence, within our control, we should strive to do in a positive, proactive way. But sometimes we are faced with the realization that there are certain parts of our lives that are beyond our control. And in this, we wait. You know, some of the greatest characters in the Bible, some of the greatest people in the Bible had trouble with waiting. Remember Abraham, the father 
of faith. Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him righteousness. Abraham and his wife Sarah were promised a child. And they were very advanced in age and it was it seemed so unlikely to happen. But God promised. God promised Abraham and Sarah they would have a child. And time wore on. And Sarah took matters into her own hands and suggested to Abraham that he take her maidservant, Hagar. And it didn't work out. In fact, what happened was, Sarah came to Abraham and she said, My wrong be upon you. I became despised in Hagar's eyes. And it says that Sarah dealt harshly with Hagar. You see, God promised them a child. And in their waiting, they were frustrated and they tried to take those matters, that control back. And it didn't work out. We know that God honored his promise and later gave Abraham and Sarah the child a promise, Isaac. We also find King David King David was actually someone who waited in a good way. Remember, he was anointed king in 1 Samuel chapter 16. But it took some 15 years for him to realize and ascend to the throne. And during that time, David was attacked. David was attacked by then king, Saul, Saul who sinned, Saul who came short. And in fact, there were two opportunities where David had the opportunity to seize the crown, to seize Saul. And it says that David said, I will not stretch out my hand against God's anointed. David waited patiently and God honored him. You see, David did not want the crown without his God. And sometimes we are forced to wait and to do things the right way, to rush things, to do things on our terms, to do things that hurt people. It's never right. A friend that has helped me in many times is the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There are things beyond my control. And in these moments, I have to find a way to wait on God. Psalms 46.10 says it, so succinctly, be still and know that I am God. So waiting forces us to consider who is in control. Number two, it confronts us with what is God asking of me now? We all have our expectations. We all have our goals. We all have our dreams and our plans. But when we're forced to wait, we have to consider, what is God asking me right now of my life? 
the great psychologist Viktor Frankl, who was who was confronted with a interruption into his life so dramatic, so dire. He was sent to the concentration camps of Nazi occupation. And one of his thoughts was, we do not ask life what the meaning of life is. Life ask us. What is the meaning of your life? And life demands our answers. Our circumstances begin to ask of us for meaning. And it is us who give life that meaning in our choices and in our answers to these circumstances. And God is always asking us for the same thing, faithfulness. No matter what any circumstances that befall us, God asks for faithfulness. So in our time of waiting, we should contemplate, we should pray and purpose in the will of God because every moment is a unique opportunity and time in service to God. I don't think of any greater example than that of Queen Esther. In Esther chapter 414, who was in the Persian kingdom and empire, and she, Mordecai, came to her, and she was faced with the dilemma of talking to the king and advocating for the people of Israel. And Mordecai said, Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And so waiting is about being faithful in this moment we have with God. How can I be faithful in this season, this time? How can I make the most for the kingdom of God and for His will? And tomorrow, rest assured, will bring another challenge for me and my faithfulness. But what I want to tell you today, in conclusion, is that there are greater things ahead. And that is the hope that we have in Christ Jesus. And Jesus said it in his ministry in John 1.50 to Nathaniel, you will see greater things than these and no matter what, there are far greater things ahead of us than behind us or things that we're enduring right now. And sometimes this waiting is to help us understand that these greater things are ahead. I'm reminded of that time in the ministry of Jesus where Mary and Martha waited for Jesus to appear and their brother Lazarus was sick and Christ delayed his coming to them. But in his delaying, there was a greater glory received. Remember that Martha was at the tomb and Jesus said, take away the stone. And then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, by this time, by this time, there is a stench for he has been dead four days. You see, Martha was living in the constraints of her heart, the constraints of her own finiteness. But Christ had come and he said, remove the stone. And then he said this, listen, John eleven forty. 40, did I not say to you 
that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. In this time of waiting, hear the words of Christ. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God in your life and in life eternal. So during this time of waiting, I want to encourage you and I encourage myself for deeper humility. That as I see my own shortcomings, my own weaknesses, my own lack of control to the circumstances, may I recognize the sovereignty of God over time. And I should humble myself to God. Humble yourselves therefore before God. And He will lift you up. I also need to strive for deeper trust. That even though these circumstances are beyond my control, I need to trust. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. I need to strive for deeper trust, deeper dependence. In Psalms it says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I need to learn of God. I need God to teach me to number these days so that I might have a heart of wisdom. And also in this waiting to ask for deeper grace. Reminded of those beautiful words in 2 Corinthians where Paul was struggling with something that was beyond his control, that thorn in the flesh. And Jesus told him, my grace is sufficient for thee. And in this time of waiting, God's grace is sufficient. His grace is sufficient for right now. His grace is sufficient for sin. As we think about the grace of God, can we forget that Christ died for our sins? In fact, we have a meal that we partake of every week to remind us of the immense grace of God. Let us partake right now of the bread which represents his body. Will you pray with me? Father God, bless this bread which represents the very body of Jesus. We pray for your presence. We pray for your Holy Spirit. We pray for your life. We pray for your healing. In Jesus' name, amen. We need forgiveness. And the fruit of the vine represents the blood of Christ that was shed for each. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this fruit of the vine, this cup, which represents the very blood of Jesus. We partake of it, asking you for forgiveness and for resolution to live as your son Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen.
thank you so much for joining us today. And in this time of waiting, remember the great words of Isaiah. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God bless you in this week, and God bless you in your waiting. May we strive to find him in every moment and surrender to his will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God bless you this week.